as we go to him in prayer, as we prepare our hearts for the word today, let's praise him for who he is and what he does in our lives and in our world. God, we thank you for your great love. We thank you that you are a God who keeps his promises. We thank you that you're the unchanging God, that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We thank you for sending your son, Jesus, the hope of the world. And Lord, as we've celebrated the birth of our Savior this week, we look forward in anticipation of what you're going to do in our families, in our churches, in our community, in our world in the year ahead. And it's exciting to be a part of your kingdom mission on this earth. So we give you all praise and glory now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team, for leading us to King Jesus today. And I just wanted to highlight a couple of things in your bulletin so you don't miss out on any of the uh, the exciting things that are taking place here. Um, the, the youth have winter camp coming up in just a couple weeks, so we'll be praying that God really makes that an impact in their lives as they go and take a, a weekend of just focusing in on him. Also, ladies, there's a, an insert that uh, to bring to your attention an opportunity for fellowship and soup and get warmed up. If this kind of weather keeps up, you're going to need a hot bowl of chili or soup or something on that day. So we've got January uh, 11th at the Piney Creek Clubhouse opportunity to get together with some ladies and make some new friends or strengthen those relationships and friendships. Also a great opportunity to invite someone to join with you. And so you can, uh, there's information there on, on signing up to, to bring an item to share um, and to RSVP for that. So make sure you take advantage of that. Then there's a couple things also happening in, in January. There's a, a new ladies Bible study that will be starting up on uh, the weekend of the, the or the, the week of the 14th and 15th of January that meets there's opportunities for Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, so whatever fits your schedule better. And then there's a men's study starting the next week um, on leading like Jesus. And so some good things to look forward to in the year ahead. Today we got something to look forward to. It's Family Sunday, so we've got the kids in here with, with the, the families, and then we've got one of our elders, Brian, is going to be bringing God's Word today. So I think we should give him a, give him a, a welcome here. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate it. Oh, we made it. The third church service in eight days. So we're at, we're, we're at the finish line right now. Um, uh, yeah, this is such an honor, and it is. My name's Brian. I am one of the elders here at uh, The Way Church. Uh, I have the privilege of being able to teach the kids once a month uh, in the back when we don't have Family Sunday. But since it is Family Sunday, something I always like to start with is inviting all the grade school kids. And since I grossly overestimated, if any middle school kids want to come down too, I've got presents for everyone right here if anyone wants to come down. So grade school kids, come on down for a little message before I have to start talking to the adults. That's right. And this is our alliteration of children because we have Kiara, Constance, and uh, Karis. So all the C's showed up today of the alphabet. So did you guys have a good Christmas? You think so? Like, do you have to evaluate it? How long till that verdict comes in? Yeah, did you guys, you had a good Christmas? Or are you, are you tired of opening presents yet? Yes. You are? Well, that's too bad, because I have one last present for you guys. Would you like one? Yes. Okay, everyone gets a present then. Get some rock. It was a rock last time. <laughs> All right, open it up, open up your present. Oh my gosh, what did you guys get? Yeah, what, what is it, Constance? 
It's dental floss. Oh my gosh. You guys are so lucky. Yeah. Oh man. I mean, tell me you weren't holding out hope that this was going to be the big present you got all Christmas. So, so you guys know, so dental floss. Is dental floss very exciting? Yeah. No. Well, all right. Kiara likes dental floss. So actually, the reason why I got you guys dental floss is because we celebrated Christmas, which is exciting, but there's another holiday that's coming up this week. What's that holiday? Do you guys know? Const- what's that? New Year's. That's right. And you know what... A lo- And you know what some people do for New Year's to celebrate a new year? They do things. They make resolutions. Have you guys heard of that term before? Making resolutions? You guys know resolutions are sometimes something people do when they want to get better at something, when they want to improve, when they want to change something. So they make a resolution, which is kind of a promise to themselves, to start doing something, to start a new habit or something like that. And one of them, a big one for adults, I don't know if it, it should be flossing more. It's always one when I get out of the dentist chair twice a year. It's like, I'm going to floss more. And I keep making that resolution every time because that never really follows through. So, but that's kind of hard, right? Is it hard to start a new habit? No. No? no? What about when you guys finally had to start brushing your teeth on your own for the first time? Was that difficult? No, no it wasn't difficult. You guys never just run the toothbrush under the water? No? Well, take my word for it. It gets harder as you get older. It takes time. It takes effort sometimes to, uh, start a new, to make a new rule for yourselves to get better. Sometimes it's exercise more. Sometimes it's not eat as many sweets or candy, right? Those things, take, those things are hard. They take willpower sometimes. So not everyone keeps their resolutions, which is kind of the sad thing. Um, And that's also, so those are just promises with yourself, but also it gets kind of tough also when you can't keep your promises you make to other people sometimes. And to God, Constance, that's right. Someone was listening in when I was preparing. So, and the sad thing is, is the Bible is really a story all about how we have a hard time keeping our promises to God, isn't it? Right? This whole book is about how people cannot keep their promises to God, which is kind of sad, right? But there is the good part as well, Constance. I'm not even trying to feed you these lines. Yes. And if that was all this book would be, that would be a pretty sad thing, and that would be a pretty hard way to celebrate and come on Sunday every day if it's just all about how we don't measure up. But the other part of this book is, it's another word, it's called covenant. Do you guys know what a covenant is? An agreement, it's a promise. It's an agreement between two parties. And so this, the other part of what the Bible talks about is God's promises to us. And does God ever break his promises? Let's make it louder. Does God ever break his promises? Yeah. No. Amen. Yeah. And that's what we get to celebrate today. So as you guys go back to your seats and take that really cool dental floss, try not to get distracted thinking about all the times you're going to be able to clean your teeth and just get in there and everything. Let's... You don't like mint dental floss? What, is cinnamon your jam? What's your favorite dental floss, Kiara? Fruit. Haven't heard that flavor before, okay. So, so guys, so as you go back to your desks, or desks, uh, as you go back to your seats, I do have something else for you to enjoy as we're going through the rest of the sermon. But think about it. 
And uh, maybe, maybe break out that floss once or twice or share it with your family this next year, okay? All right, all right. Thank you, guys. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. Flossing is always one of my resolutions for the year. Uh, this year, I'm just excited to get through the Christmas season. I don't know about you guys. This one was challenging. This one was hard. We've got, uh, well, can't even call him a baby, almost a one-year-old at home. And that kind of sets you back a few steps. Even you forget about things, that extra effort. And um, yeah, Christmas is just... It's such an exciting time, but there's so many things that can go on and kind of intrude in that season. So i got to tell you, I am just excited and happy that we are here today reflecting on, the true, on what we can really celebrate and get into, the gift uh, that God gave us that lasts the whole year. So let's pray real quick, and then we'll, we'll talk more about this. Uh, Father God, Lord, we thank you for family. We thank you for our kids, our children. Lord, uh, how they make us better, how they make us think things and explain and just reevaluate on and how we're living our lives, God. And we thank you that we are your children through your son, Jesus Christ, through his blood, through his sacrifice, through the gift you gave the world over 2,000 years ago, that we have that hope and joy of being part of your family. So God, as we reflect on the, uh, the comparison between resolutions and covenants today, Lord, just open our hearts to your word, protect us, and just fill us with your hope and joy. We invite you in, and it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Oh, covenants. I was thinking about this a few weeks ago as we started talking about this in the end of the year and fifth Sunday. I love New Year's. I loved always trying to stay up till midnight, and you know, it was around 10 or so when I finally started to be able to do that, and now I love going to bed at like nine. <laughs> Um, I love just the ability for a fresh start um, and a new year, that whole promise of what's to come. And I used to make a lot of resolutions in high school and college, and I really kind of fell out of it because I knew that I just never kept them. I never kept up with dental floss. I never kept up with good posture. Even as I say it, I try and like kind of arch my back a little bit. Um, uh, there's so many that I would just say, I'd like to do that, and then I never f followed through with, because honestly, it was just a promise with myself. And I know myself. I'm, you know, I'm lazy, I'm self-centered. I'm not a guy that you really needs to, you know, hold anything to accountable for, because what's that guy done? Nothing. Um, and believe me, I thought about inviting my wife up here to talk about some of those shortcomings. But uh, we wanted to keep it tight. <laughs> We wanted to keep a tight sermon today. Um, but those promises that we make to, each, to ourselves sometimes and to other people, it's easy to sometimes just remember and let those kind of slide away and think about that. And when we get into the Bible and we talk about that, it can get discouraging. The holidays can be a time where there's a lot of stress, where we can kind of feel lonely sometimes, where it's just an easy thing to get wrapped up in all we have to do instead of all we get to celebrate and so it can be just a very lonely time as well. And I know sometimes I get lonely and I feel about that when I think about some of the things that I failed at, some of the things that I haven't succeeded or even really tried to keep or um, just kind of said nuts to that. So when I was thinking of resolutions, I was always, I was really thinking about the rules sometimes that we set for ourselves that are given and that we uh, don't follow, that I don't follow or fall short on. Um, but then I also was thinking about 
the, the uh, juxtaposing that with God's, uh, God's nature and the covenants, the promises that he makes for us. And I'm just so grateful for these. If we look into, you know, what a covenant is, a covenant is really a relational agreement. Between human parties, it was always made to be these agreements that would really just, for everything, it would set up the, day, the, um, the obligations and the benefits of having a relationship that people were in it um, till the end. And if they didn't, there were dire consequences of going back on their word. The interesting thing when we talk about covenants or these agreements between God and people is that one side of this equation never holds up their side of the agreement. We always fall short. We always do these things. But God keeps doubling down and keeps coming back to these things. And he, he keeps making these agreements and these promises to us. And so a covenant with God is really, it's not a contract. It's not a you do this and I got, I got your back. It is a wholehearted promise. And we see that when we're looking in Genesis uh, chapter 9 um, with God's uh, covenant with Noah after the flood. After the earth had just gotten so wicked that God had flooded the entire earth save one family, one man and his family who had walked with him. After all that, God said, um, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature after this with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow, or I have set a rainbow uh, and in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the rainbow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And... The waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the rainbow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all the flesh that is on the earth. God didn't make any uh, de demands of Noah during this time. He didn't say, look, you saw what I can do. You saw how I can bring the hammer down. And now, you have to do these things. God just said, look, I'm never going to do this again. And this will be my eternal sign to you. That rainbow, whenever the, uh, the clouds, uh, whenever the clouds come, whenever the rains fall, there's always God's promise after the storm that he is not going to flood the earth. Uh, the promises continue in Genesis 15 with Abram, uh, who God then takes on to become Abraham. Uh, once again, just fulfilling and granting these promises, not always extracting deals or rules or saying, you need to do this. There were uh, things like that as well, but God just, once again, extending and showing his love and his care for the people that, he, uh, that, he follows, that follow him and that choose him. And I always like looking back at the Old Testament because then when we look at the New Testament, we see it's not a new story. It's just the fulfillment of everything God was talking about in the past. His relationship with Israel, with the Jewish people, with the entire earth that's fulfilled. So when we go to Matthew in the Last Supper, 
the covenant Jesus enters into to fulfill. It says, now as they were eating, Jesus took bread and after blessing it, broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take, the, take eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them saying, drink it all of you for this is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will not drink again of this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. For the forgiveness of our sins. Throughout the whole Old Testament, there were symbols, there was symbology, there was uh, sacrifices and offerings of animals, of just, of, you know, of wheat, of birds, just to help uh, as a symbol of transferring that sin and as that remorse. And then here, in the New Testament, we see one of Jesus' last acts on earth is fulfilling that. He didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it by offering the perfect sacrifice, that love. And that's why we look at the next point. You know, God's covenant promises are compassionate. I know when I was growing up thinking about the, the Ten Commandments, these rules, I thought of just religion just being a bunch of, you can't do this, or... And that was really a misinterpretation of my heart, but that's how I saw it. I saw it as, don't do this or you go to hell. Don't disobey God or your goose is cooked and nothing can help you. It's so the opposite. The laws and the rules are there not to get us in a trap, not to trick us where we owe God, but to free us that we can be with God. If we look at Mark, uh, another one of the Gospels, chapter 2, verse 23 Jesus and the disciples are walking on the Sabbath, and on one Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to just take heads of grain off the wheat as they were walking. And the Pharisees were saying to them, you know, the Pharisees, the religious rulers of the time, uh, they said to them, look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? That was one of the original commandments, to keep the Sabbath holy. And after that, there were so many agreements or things after the, the law was written down for the whole time of the Israelites, additional rules were put down. What does it mean to keep the Sabbath holy? What work can you do? What work can't you do? And so the disciples, just as they're plucking heads of grain as they're walking, as they're gleaning the field, they're saying, why are they doing that? That's not lawful. And Jesus said to them, have you ever read what David did when he was in need and was hungry, he and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God in the time of Abithar, the high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, this bread that was set aside as a sacrifice and offering to God, which is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and also gave it to those who were with him? And Jesus said to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And that, that verse 27 right there in the middle, you know, the Sabbath was made for man. And if you go back and look at that, it was given as a reminder when the Israelites were slaves in Egypt, where they had no control over their schedule, they had to work all the time. God said, take the, second, or take the seventh day, make it holy to remind yourselves you are now free. And we are free because of God's promises, because of his covenant 
works within our lives, which is so exciting. And I know, don't know about you guys, but when I think excitement, I think dinner theater. I think play. And so another story that I want to talk about, a parable Jesus said uh, to the Pharisees, to people who are questioning, I have asked a couple volunteers in the crowd to help me with this, uh, Mr. Norm Davey and uh, Larry Hobbs. But um, once again, when they were asking about what was going on, we have uh, in Luke 18, verse 9 through 14. So I will say it, and then there will be some response and answer, okay? So, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. So in this day, we have to remember the Pharisees were the religious rulers. They were the ones who were supposed to be doing everything right and walked the closest to God. And a tax collector, I don't know if the kids know this. Kids, do we like tax collectors? No, no. The IRS, we could just do without the whole thing. But in that day, the tax collector was really looked on. They weren't sure if they were kind of traitors to the Jewish people, they were to their own people. They could take bribes and stuff like that. So the tax collector was really someone that they thought exploited and just really worked. So no one really liked the tax collector. And these two men went up to the temple to pray. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed these words. Make a show of it, Norm. Yeah. I thank you that I am not like. Hold your applause till the entire scene is done. (laughs) But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, I tell you that this man the tax collector, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Once again, Jesus was taught, okay, round of applause for Larry and Norm. Acting. I think it's so easy to forget sometimes all that we have to be grateful for. It is in my mind sometimes to remember how much I need and rely on God. And this tax collector in this story, just having the ability to come before him and just ask and to rely on God's grace, knowing that he had not been following all the rules, whether he thought he could or not, versus um, a Pharisee who probably meant well, no offense, Norm. But by trying to live by the law was actually trapping himself. Because Jesus came by later and said, look, no one's perfect. Even if you have hate in your heart towards someone else, you've committed murder. If you look lustfully on another woman, you've, create, you've committed adultery. Like, it's not only the acts of the flesh, but even of the mind that we're held account to. And God doesn't want us to be that God way. God has compassion, and that's why He's given us these covenant promises to rely on and to hope for. And that leads to so much more for that promise of relationship when we ask for forgiveness, when we enter into that covenant with God to give Him that power and that, um, that opportunity in our lives. I wanted to look at another story for that relationship as we did, and I'm not sure if, if, if we go to this, but yes, we're there. Thank you. On Matthew chapter 9, 
Um, We'll start at verse nine, one before. But as Jesus passed on from here, he saw a man called Matthew sitting at the tax booth. So Matthew was probably a tax collector as well. And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as Jesus reclined at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were reclining with Jesus and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw this, they said to his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? They're always asking why. Do you think they care about the answer? I hope they do. I hope they did. Was it just a gotcha or were they really seeking and wondering what was going on? When Jesus heard this, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Go and learn what this means. I I desire mercy and not sacrifice. For I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. So Jesus is using another parable, another story. Those who are well have no need of a physician. We don't go to the doctor because we're excited. I don't take my son, uh, James needed a, 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 a flu shot, right? Is that what I took him for, sweetheart? Okay, yeah, his second one, thank you. So I just knew he needed to get stuck with a needle. Um, we don't go to the doctor all the time because we're well and healthy. We go when there's something wrong and sick, and Jesus was saying the same thing here. And then he goes, go and learn what this means. I desire mercy and not sacrifice. So this is uh, Jeff rubbing off on me, because this is quoting earlier in the Bible in the Old Testament from Hosea 6, uh, chapter 6, verse 6, when Hosea is preaching and uh, once again prophesying again. And Hosea, the entire verse from Hosea is, for I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than burnt offerings. You know, burnt offerings, uh, sacrifice, these were what the Old Testament required as those symbols for acknowledging our sin. But even the prophets talked about they desire mercy. They desire just the acknowledgement of who God is in his life and how much When we acknowledge who God is, then we have to acknowledge how much He loves us, how much He wants us to be with Him. And so that's more the relationship that we talk about. And then going to the meat of what we're talking about today with John, uh, John 15, verse 4 and 5, what that relationship looks like when we are in that covenant and that, uh, that time with Jesus Um, abide in me or remain in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me I am the vine you are the branches whoever abides in me and I in him he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me you can do nothing abide I remember that word, and it's one that sticks out to me, but I was like, when I was looking at a different translation, I saw remain, in me, remain with me, and I, that didn't quite match up, and I was, I was kind of, I was realizing, what does abide mean, actually? Like, what does this word mean? Because remain did not seem like it fit with when I've seen the other translation for abide for so long. So, uh, according to Merriam-Webster, It means to bear patiently, to tolerate, to endure without yielding, 
withstand, to wait for, to await, uh, to accept without objection. Uh, Abide, I always thought of as this kind of mystical term or just very amorphous in my mind what that really meant. Uh, To live with, to just be in joy, almost like the rapture. And these definitions are nothing like that. To bear with, patiently. The rapture happens now and then you're good for eternity. To endure without yielding, to withstand, to await. I mean, these are just, this is kind of work. This is what Jeff's been talking about and one of our, ses- our, our things have been this year as we talk about family is the opportunity just to work through, to, to be with, to abide as our family does here our, in our church, our nuclear family. But Jesus is asking us to do the same thing. Abide in me and I in you. Abide with me as I abide in you. I mean, once again, Jesus is saying, I'm doing the same thing. I'm bearing patiently with all of your stuff. Even when you mess up, I'm here for you. I have that covered. And thank God, praise God, he does. Because as Paul talks about it in Galatians 2, and I don't always like to jump around like this, but I just the whole Bible is just littered with these truths. And as we've been talking about Galatians over the last few weeks, uh, Galatians 2, 15 through 16, Paul, Paul, a former Pharisee, a former leader of the Jewish law, one who originally was out persecuting the early church, who held the cloaks when Stephen was stoned, was doing everything by the law. Now, as God's story in his life turned, you know, as Paul worked through him when he was Saul, and now has brought him to be Paul, made him a new creation and being. Now Paul talking about the dangers of when we just try and live by the law and not in God's grace. Uh, we talk about that. You know, we, are, we ourselves are Jews by birth and not Gentile sinners. Yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. Jesus fulfilled the law, and when we believe in him, we have that salvation, we have that faith. And praise God, because when I think about all the resolutions I've made in my life, when I think about all the promises that I've made that I've backed out on with God, with the people I love with myself, and when I've come up wanting or failing or just disobedient, I am so glad that I don't have to rely on my own power to fulfill all this. But it's God's grace, it's God's covenant, this entire Bible of Him abiding with His people, of Him loving His people, and just giving us the hope, not in our own strength, but in His promise and in His character We have so much to be grateful for and excited about in this new year, in this new work that he's doing with all of us. Um, I wanted to work it in, and maybe I should have Kiara, but I know Kiara, one of her favorite songs used to be The Fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. We used to sing and dance to that in Awanas years ago. Um, As we think about resolutions, as we think about the new year and what God has in store for us and what we'd like to accomplish, I want us to think about abiding in God, 
in Jesus, in the covenant that He has prepared for us, in the way He's made. So not for acts or things that we can do, but for the fruit we can bear, for those fruits of the Spirit. When we are bearing patiently with God, when there's things we don't understand, that we're coming to Him in prayer, in supplication, in reading His Word, so that not through our efforts, but through His love, we bear those fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I can't say it slower. I, I won't remember it. It has to be done in the tempo of the song. Preferably with the hand jive. Yes, Sean, yes. We'll work on that. Um, oh, we have so much to be grateful for. So, Laura, if you could come up real quick. Uh, to end today, and just for us to, to think about and reflect on this, I'd like us to gather in groups for us to stand up, uh, as we can get together to pray, thanking God for His covenants with us, for the hope that is, not for rules that we have to follow, but for the plans He has for each one of us, that if we abide in Him, when we do that, everything that comes from that, the vine that bears that fruit that works together. So, uh, so let's, I'm going to pray real quick, and then we'll, we'll start. We can stand up, we can get together, and we can pray uh, in a group uh, with each other for edification, for strength, for anything that might be needed. Uh, because God, your word endures, Lord. We thank you for your covenants. We thank you for the hope that you have given us throughout the years when we need it, when we don't deserve it. Lord, you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die for our sins, to ask um, that we would trust you, that we would abide in you, that we would just ask for that forgiveness to not be stuck where we are, Lord, but to have that faith. God, we open this time up for prayer in the congregation to get together that we, as we abide and practice that with each other here and now.